Welcome to Lamestorming, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Correct, yes. I think we've got a special guest on today. Can you tell us a little bit about him? That's true. It's not just two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. It's two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design, and one guy who knows something about game design, and I don't know, Jack, what is your comedy chops? (laughs) I'd say they're weak, because I want to set the bar really, really low, so that I can come and surprise you guys later. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So yes, we have... That's why we like it. (laughs) (laughs) We have Jack from Siege Sloth Games. Uh, who we met at PAX a few weeks ago and had a bit of a chat to it about his studio's game, Evergreen. Uh, so, Jack, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and the game and the studio? I'm Jack. I make the pretty pictures for our game, Evergreen, which is a relaxing, creative tree-growing game that has you growing a tree in various different periods in Earth's history. The basic idea is you've got to change the environment around you to encourage the next stage of evolution in that time period. So, at PAX, the level we were demoing takes place 380 million years ago and has you ultimately trying to convince ancient sea life to emerge from the oceans up onto land for the very first time. Oh, I didn't see that happen when I was playing. <laughs> oh, you're but, just not good enough, man. But then I was just trying to, <laughs> I was just trying to see how tall I could I could build that tree and how thick I could make the roots. So, <laughs> well, that that's always useful, you know, people yeah. trying as as hard as they can to break our tree growing mechanics. That's it. That's, well, that's the part we're really testing at the moment. Need it to work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was your PAX experience? Was it positive overall? It was positive overall. I think um, the the game is less abstracted than it has been. Like, the, the tree is actually starting to look like a tree. And it's quite funny. As the yeah. tree looks more like a tree, people are less inclined to try and write their names with it or giant penises out of it. I mean, that was <laughs> something we were getting at every convention. And it's gone from every second person to maybe two or three people in a convention. Well, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's a step forward. Well, considering the general maturity level of people at PAX, like, two or three <laughs> is great. That's quite impressive. I got to have a, a bit of a watch while Ben was playing it at PAX, and I certainly really thought, oh, I may not be into this until I was watching for about five minutes, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy this as soon as it comes out, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> it yeah, just it, looks like it's a such really... a relaxing game, and... Such fun, like... Yeah, really interesting idea, just very, very uh, unique, so that was really cool to see. And that's what we like on this show, unique game ideas. <laughs> I think a general idea is that uh, why compete with the big guys? You know, no, none of the big studios are making really, really weird stuff, so the weirder your stuff is, the more you stand out and the less competition you have. Yeah, only uh, only Kojima, he's the only one who's making weird <laughs> shit. I don't, I don't think he's gone into tree-growing mechanics yet, so I think you're safe. Well, that's it, it's, it's weird stuff wrapped in a gun game. So, I, I think until these yeah. big guys start expanding out into the really niche stuff, we're, we're pretty safe. Wait, so you mean when you get into the modern era in Evergreen, the tree doesn't get a gun? Oh, I'm not, I'm not buying it then. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'll put some guns in there just for you. Yeah, oh, okay, there we go. Easter eggs. Yeah, we would. There, there was definitely discussions early on to see, like, hey, if a bird lands on your branch and you somehow drop branches, does it then fling up and throw the bird? <laughs> Potentially at a, an ancient castle, maybe? I don't know, there, there were thoughts of having weapons of mass destruction in there. Yeah, totally. Genetically engineered trees down the line. So, um, Jack, you, you were telling us before we started the recording, uh, you were saying how much of a tongue twister your studio siege sloth games is notice how i tried very carefully to pronounce that correctly yeah i i I could hear the caution um i I think this is golden rule number one for anything business related 
make sure you say it out loud a couple of times if you come up with a cool <laughs> idea for the name of something. That is yeah. now one of our golden rules, because we didn't realize until we were trying to explain to someone on the show floor, like, we had a cute little logo drawn up, you know, oh, what's the most useless thing to bring to a siege? It's a sloth, but it's a cool, <laughs> creative, fun game idea title, because we wanted to make the game company sound fun. Of course. Yeah, we... I, I think, un- unfortunately, it came through a process of, um, like, a democratic process. Everyone in the studio got multiple votes for the studio names that they wanted to have, and, you know, everyone was more or less equally disappointed. Yep. So we went with everyone's second or third choice, and unfortunately, yeah, just yeah. didn't say it out loud often enough. And so what, what was your first choice? Can you tell us that? Uh, my, my personal first choice? I, yeah. I wanted to be Pixel Pusher. I wanted a Pixel- cute little pixelated guy in a nice. creepy trench coat um, <laughs> pushing... Pixels on, on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like he opens his trench coat and there's just different coloured pixels in there. Yeah, there's just a glowing pixel in there. He's looking. He's pretty shady looking. I'm, I'm kind of thinking the uh, traitor from Resident Evil 4. Yep, yep, got it. <laughs> I like it. Next time. Well, hopefully there's, not a, hopefully there's not a next time. I'm not hoping your studio fails. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that, that could be fun. We just uh, then open up Sea Sloth games, you know, yeah, secretly you buy all the IP and... Um, yeah, just keep on keeping on. For our listening audience, if you haven't listened before, we're going to play a game called Click Pitch, which is where we usually go to a random word generator and each choose a word and thus have two words. But since we have our very first guess of on lamestorming, uh, we're going to attempt three words and hopefully the added word doesn't make it too difficult to actually come up with an interesting game. I think one person uh, a word sounds fair. Yeah, I think that's good. Three, two, one, click. All right. Jack, what was your word? Unbuckled. Okay. Ooh, helium. <laughs> My word was growing, which I thought was appropriate <laughs> considering Jack's game, but not, not growing <laughs> helium unba- un- unbuckled. Unbuckled. <laughs> unbuckled, unbuckled growing, growing helium could go in an interesting direction. Uh, I'm not sure where the helium comes in. <laughs> well, you've got All you've right. got the he in there, so maybe. You know, you've got a table of elements and you've got to try and build the largest um, element or... Wait, so it's like a know, hard what, science it's game. It's like you're putting pro- <laughs> protons and electrons and neutrons together to, uh, well, but- to come up with elements. <laughs> Potentially, you have to make the, the really hard science game, and then you do the fun, wacky version of it, which is the unbuckled edition. Right. Oh, okay. Yes, that works. <laughs> yeah, so we've got... Uh, oh, I don't know. What, what would a title be for this game? Ele- elementary... My dear Einstein. <laughs> Unbuckled edition. <laughs> which is where you just get to... You just, <laughs> you just have unlimited uh, protons, neutrons, electrons. You basically have a, uh, a collider. Particle collider? Yeah, a particle collider. I don't know. What do you, what do you um, think, Trevor? I'm, I'm, I'm also thinking, well, picture this. The very start of the game, you see a guy come across in a trench coat, and he pull, <laughs> he unbuckles his his buckle in his trench coat, and it just opens it up, and there's just like the periodic table of elements there. <laughs> right. Just... Okay. There you go. <laughs> so there's the unbuckled part, and it's also bringing in <laughs> because creepy guys in trench coats literally make everything better. That's right. They that's do. just the theme of this. I think that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Creepy well, guys in quite, trench coats. You've got to be quite brave, really, you know? Enriching the world through uh, risking, I, I guess, jail time. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- I mean, I guess it depends on what's underneath, both what you're selling and uh, what you're wearing. Well, I mean, the, the, the periodic table is pretty 
That's pretty tame, right? That's something that I think most people could get behind. I mean, you can do some dangerous stuff with that. I don't know. I'm pretty sure every dangerous thing in the entire universe is made out of the periodic table. So, I don't know, so this guy's actually holding some serious firepower under this trench coat. That's right. Hmm. It's all. It just all depends on how on the combination of you know the, how you put. It well, together. I guess how good he is at you know using these elements. Really, I mean, he could just be a creepy guy transporting this stuff. Yeah. That's true. Is there another creepy guy in a trench coat who has the particle collider? <laughs> that's that's why it's that's why it's growing. He opens his trench coat and just out comes the collider. Well, maybe the growing part is you've got a crowd of creepy guys, and it's about assembling the right guys with the right elements under their creepy trench coats to make something useful. That's right. Oh, okay. So you're sort of rearranging creepy guys in trench coats, each of them with a different combination of. Yeah, you could you could almost work a memory game sort of element into yeah, it. Yeah, so you don't know what they have until they expose themselves. <laughs> I was almost thinking that, you know, the growing part could actually be them trying to contain the growing black hole from when they actually used helium <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of hydrogen or whatever they were using. <laughs> and it's like I'm sure that science oh, shit, checks out. You know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah this, this is sounding legit. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I like it. What what we call it? Elementary, elementary, my dear Einstein, unbuckled edition. All right, I think we can. I think we should click again. <laughs> yep. Three, two, one, click. Collecting. Intensive. Ceasing. Ceasing. Intensive <laughs> collecting. <laughs> so okay, so it's it's like it's a um, game tie into hoarders, where you have to come into a, a random hoarder's yep, house. Yep, or kleptomaniacs. Oh, kleptomaniac, okay. Yeah, well, kleptomaniac hoarders. I'm sure, you know, they're just stealing random shit that they need, to, that they feel a compulsive need to, to hoard. I don't know, what's the game? What's the game hook? What's the game mechanic? What, what would you well, do in a, in a hoarder's house to... Well, you've got to rehabilitate them. You've got to cease their, their horrible hoarding activities. It's having a bad impact on themselves and those who love them. <laughs> right, so it's a, it's a psychology-based game. <laughs> You could almost have a, a sort of Tetris game. So you've got to pile up stuff that, that matches up in his house. And if you get a row of something, it disappears. It disappears and, and you go crazy. <laughs> and he's constantly no! piling more stuff in to try yeah. and counteract you. And if you can get far enough ahead that you've got some breathing room, you try and cancel him. And if you can right. cancel him well enough, eventually he'll stop adding to the pile and you can eventually win. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I like that little sort of added uh, time pressure. So you have to... You have to be doing well enough at the Tetris mini game to get that breathing room, yeah. Um, and, and then I don't, I, th- I don't know. I think we pull in the the LA Noir face technology, right? You have to hit X to to cancel or something. Oh, good God! Yeah, that that's what Tetris always needed: really, really complex dialogue trees. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm also thinking that your character, you know, he could be trying to set up, you know, a massive, you know, whatever they call that Tetris, you know, the four block. And it's like, don't put the newspapers there. And, you know, two block goes and it's like, oh, damn it. Oh, yeah, it's got to be, it's like, you don't get that time to sort of cancel. It's physics based as well. So, you know, we're we're simulating the piles of newspapers and uh, dead rotting cats. Uh, (laughs) You have to pile them up. And if if they fall down, you know, you're in danger of being crushed. It's funny that newspapers is one of the classic hoarder items because that is not useful to anyone, really. I mean, definitely I not. I don't know about you, but if if I ever need to know exactly what happened on September fifth, nineteen eighty-seven, then I'm just I'm going to go to my stack and, and figure it out, look it up. Well, they've they've also got this thing called the internet, though. 
it just it, it seems like if you're going to hoard something, hoard something that can't be easily solved by. Well, the inter- <laughs> I mean, the internet is really just the ultimate hoard, right? It's just they're hoarding all the bits and bytes. Google, I mean, yes, Google. I've got my digital hoard here. Yeah, you know, that's it's, it. it's called a web server, but it's still, <laughs> you know, it's a digital hoard. No, they're all mine. They're all mine. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess last time I checked, I had well, something crazy, like 200, 300 books saved onto my phone. You know, that's that's amazing. That that's more books than I'm going to need to read at any one point. But yeah, have, I don't have, have to you physically them carry them. I think I'm I think I'm about six in. People keep okay, giving me new books. It's no, it's terrible. That's that's a poor effort. Better effort <laughs> well, than at least what they, I'm doing at least they're I'm... not going to stack up and fall, fall like fall off down from a stack well, and crush you. So. Yeah, that that's true. That's well, benefit. maybe that's what happens when my phone eventually crashes. It's just the piles of oh, yeah, it's digital the... garbage <laughs> toppling. That's it. That's what happens when you. I'm yeah, actually, when you I'm actually terrible. I've, I, I've owned all the Witcher games, for instance, but I, I'm refusing to actually play them until I've sat down and read what eight. Witcher books because apparently that enriches <laughs> the experience. It enriches it. It enriches it. That is awful. Yeah. That is awful. Yeah, that, that is just poor. Oh, that's our specialty. It's nice this this early in that I I know the the quality of the humor I'm supposed to be producing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. definitely. No, the bar yeah, is that makes me feel a lot though, better. Um, but uh, apparently it really enriches. They put a lot of work into creating this universe that's totally faithful to the books. So, if you read the books, there are all these references that you just don't get the first time around. And I really like the idea of that, but there's a lot of books. You know, I, I really like those games, that is but a lot. I just... They're too long. I have kids now. Like, I can't play, <laughs> I can't play 30, 40 hour RPGs anymore. It's a real shame. I, I think that's something I wish someone had told me when I started game development. It, it seems like you either make games or you play them. Yes. Yeah, I have. I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, like, that's why we do this podcast. It's an hour or so a week. Yeah. And- <laughs> well, you, you're doing your contribution to the industry. I like it. Yeah, totally. Okay, let's click again. I think we've we're yeah. done on that game idea. Three, two, one. Gin. Gin? Like, wait. Yeah, as in D- alcohol. Oh, okay. Gin. I was hoping it's like D-J-I-N-N, like a G, like a gin. <laughs> I got adjust. Adjust? Okay, mine's defense. Shin so. adjust defense. Alright, so. so in other words, it's tapper it's ta- again. It's tapper. <laughs> Maybe okay, okay, so you've got you've got incoming waves of alcohol snobs, and it's up to you to adjust these drinks that you've got lined around your base to make them just not palatable at all to these guys. So <laughs> you, you've got to know how strong or how weak they like them, and just ruin their drinks. So and they come in, take a sip, and then yeah, bugger okay. off. So it's like a tower defense game. It's like, oh, this person likes gin and tonic. Okay, soda water. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> you've got to yeah. adjust the gin-based drinks to scare them off. Oh, I like it. Okay, that's cool. So I'm just I'm picturing sort of a top-down view of a bar, basically. Yeah. Um, you know what? I feel like I feel like VR is a good medium for this game. So you, you physically you physically have to grab the bottles. I feel like bartending in VR would be like really fun. Well, you get bonus points for flipping the bottles and not breaking things. Yeah, totally. That'd be cool. But then you then you if you do break it, you know, then you can put the shattered glass into the glass or, and hand it to them, and you know that's going to turn them away. <laughs> wow, well, like this the- seems like the the hack. That's the really easy way to get through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's like cheat code. <laughs> just know how to. Well, maybe it should be the opposite. Maybe it should be that you need to actually make the drinks exactly the way they like them, so that they don't get angry and like come oh, over the okay. bar and attack you. 
Because I feel like that's a bit more well, that's okay. that, challenging. That would be nice. Because that, that's what gin snobs do. When you serve them a gin and tonic they don't appreciate, they actually trash the bar. Yeah, I, I assume so. Okay. I drink, I mean, I drink cheap whiskey and Coke Zero, so I can't talk, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're pretty easy to please, then. You haven't done a lot of bar trashing. No, exactly. Beautiful. Um, actually, just going back to that idea of, of smashing the bottles, this is something I really love about VR. Um, the, the games that allow you to do stuff that you wouldn't normally expect to be able to do in a video game is Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I can't remember what it's called. I was playing this, this robot uh, shooting gallery game, essentially. Um, but the, the cool mechanic was that you've got a teleporter strap to each shoulder in your hips, and you can choose which gun is going to be teleported in. So if you run out of ammo, you can toss the, just drop the gun and pull a new one out of the teleporter, and then it charges nice. up a new gun. So you, you empty all the bullets out of your pistol and then throw it away, grab a new pistol out. <laughs> but the, the part that I really loved was that They've actually put physics onto the gun, so you can start throwing the guns at incoming enemies, <laughs> which nice. took me way too long to figure out. <laughs> and the, the way they do physics calculation was a little bit buggy, so if you actually throw a gun in the air and then use your other gun to smack it, it kind of doubles yes. the physics calculations on it, and you can really destroy someone doing that. Awesome. Yeah, which well, I think just I, that's actually really kind of cool. Speaking of bottle smashing in VR, did you see the final Omegathon round at PAX? No, I didn't. They they played um, Cowbots and Aliens, which is a West... I thought, I thought it was what you were going to say, actually, because it's like a Western competitive shoot-em-up game uh, where one of you plays a robot and one of you plays a, like a squid alien thing and you're <laughs> sort of teleporting around this old Western saloon shooting at each other, but one of the things you can do is pick up a bottle and just smash it and that's your weapon. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. So shanking involved. I think yeah, any absolutely. video game that involves bottle shanking and teleportation is amazing. No. Well, that's it. So like back back to our back to our bartending game. You you definitely if someone's getting too close and you haven't mixed their drink right, then you definitely can just throw the bottle at their head and hope that they <laughs> just leave you alone for a little while. Well, that's that cl- classic maneuver in, in some action movies. I think they did it in Shaun of the Dead, where you just pour alcohol all over the bar and set it on fire, and then yes, you've got a little perfect. defensive perimeter for a bit. Absolutely. Yeah, but oh, I, I think, think the, the I power think one of your endless. scoring metrics has to be for the night that um, you know you don't want the bar trashed. Well, yeah. So flaming but th- this bar is, when, is maybe this not. This is when you've got you've got ten gin snobs coming towards you, and you just need 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 a little bit of time. You need a little bit of breathing room. So yeah. Alcohol in the bar, light it up, serve the people on the other side. Someone else is coming, squeeze a lime in their eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I'm actually telling you, you've worked in a bar before. I'm getting like a lot of first-hand experience <laughs> from, from this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this no, is... it's a lot of movie-watching experiences, <laughs> what, <laughs> what you're hearing there. <laughs> Anything's a weapon if you try hard Unlockable enough. Unlockable Tom Cruise and, who, who was it, Ted Danson? Who was, who was uh, that cocktail? Wasn't it Brian Brown? The, oh, there's was- special Final Fantasy style summons that you can you can get in the yes, game if you can channel yes. them well enough. Like maybe Tom Cruise, if you can flip bottles well enough, you can summon Tom Cruise. Yeah, I like it. I don't think it was Ted Danson, but let's just say you can summon Ted Danson think- anyway. I mean, he was in Cheers, right? So well, why not? That, that maybe that's what I was thinking. <laughs> He's yeah, been a bartender. Well, maybe Woody Harrelson, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and Fraser is one of the people coming towards you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Fraser would be a bit of a gin snob, actually. I think that so. Well, that's it. Right. He's like the he's the end level boss. Mm. Can can he be in beast makeup? Because I really enjoyed that. <laughs> actually, I think that's the best thing he's ever done. It's true. 
<laughs> awesome. That third movie, that third X-Men movie was awful, but Beast, Frasier Beast, totally Frasier sold Beast. it to me. Oh, Frasier Beast was the best Beast out of all of them, yes. It was. He was nice. so unconvincing in the, like, rope, like the tight wire rope jumping scenes. It was brilliant. He's just... Oh, yeah. He's basically just hanging there. You can tell he just had a bit of a spin. Someone just gave him a bit of a spin. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen the outtakes. I bet they would have been magical. <laughs> I, I think we've actually done it again, Ben, where we've, again, been creating games that I really want to play because I really want to play this <laughs> this um, VR bartending game. I reckon it'd be awesome. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. You need to get a sponsor who will give prizes to any game developer who actually makes awesome games based on the wacky ideas you guys come up with. Oh, God. I we know. need to get a sponsor full stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, step one, well, sponsor. Step two, episode, awesome prizes. It's any episode five, yeah. so, you know, so we're getting there. Step one, um, HTC. Yes, please, send me a vibe. Send me a vibe. <laughs> we don't need money. Just send me a vibe. And me, right. me too. One each. Have you guys seen some of the 3D modeling programs that they've got Using Vive controls, like in VR, yeah, like um, uh, yeah. What's the Google one? Tilt, tilt brush. Tilt That's brush awesome. is it, it's basically painting, but in three D space. Yeah, it looks That's awesome. that, super cool. That blows there's my a, mind. I think there's a pretty good wow, the, the, one too. Oh, I I need to get my hands on some of that because concepting in three D is awesome. That's a great idea, and being able yeah. to just create oh, yeah. something in three D that quickly. Oh man. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. I'm pretty sure we're living in the future. I don't know at what point we crossed over, but that's definitely the future. <laughs> I don't know now. when we get our rocket cars and jetpacks, but the VR stuff's pretty cool. Well, that's it. You use the VR to convince yourself that you've got rocket that's, cars and jetpacks. That's packs. true. We don't need anything mm. else as long as the VR's good enough. <laughs> exactly. Let's just focus on that. All Earth's um, technologies just focused on making yeah, every, VR awesome. Every dollar into <laughs> more immersive <laughs> VR. We could have a world where poverty doesn't exist, or we could simulate a world where poverty doesn't exist. <laughs> What's Ooh. easier? Like, one seems more efficient than the other, you know? Forget food on every table, a, a vibe in every <laughs> living room. Living room, with virtual food on every yeah. virtual table. I, I think Beyond 2000 actually lied. I think it was actually Beyond 2015. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Beyond 2000. Okay, I think we should click again. We've gone a little bit yep. off. Right. <laughs> got, got off the rails Three, a little bit here. Yeah, two, that's fine. One, that's what we like. click. Credit. Hobby. Band. Oh, okay. So, like, I, B-A-N-D? I think, yeah, I, I think okay. band is, is supposed to be a verb, but I feel like we could definitely cheat and make that a Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like to band together. Definitely. The credit hobby yeah. band. Well, yeah, I like, you know, you've got a band as your hobby and you have to put everything on credit. It's basically a, <laughs> yeah, it's like a garage band simulator sort of game. That, that's definitely my experience with garage bands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. You may not know this, but we're, we've actually been in bands together before. I'm currently in another garage band. So, yes, this definitely does ring true. <laughs> it rings, it rings it true. It rings true. Uh, yeah. Okay. I like it. I, I'm thinking kind of a, when I, whenever I think of these sort of simulation things, I always go back to Theme Hospital because that was just one of the best sort of things where you're like placing things down and having people walking around. I'm not quite sure how that works with a band, but I just like the idea of an isometric garage where you get to place all the gear you've bought on your credit card. Well, did you ever play uh, Indie Game Dev? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could do a similar thing where you pick the genre of music and the name of the song and see if you can make a recreate a hit there. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I think and that then, does work. Yeah, and then you go off and you do gigs, and you've got mini games where 
you know, you're dodging bottles and it, it ties into our exactly. bartending game. <laughs> You've got to level up your evasion stat. That's a very yeah. useful stat for performers. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's basically what the Tenacious D uh, gig simulator. <laughs> <laughs> All right, power slide. All I got in my head right now is if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> So it says it is what if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a bottle. Bottle, yeah. I, I think yeah, the wrench is still worse. The wrench is definitely still worse. I'm not sure where your where your band is playing, where everyone's got wrenches, but you know, yeah, we'll go. Oh, that's the training simulator. That that's just to really motivate you to get better at dodging. <laughs> right. Okay. Plus Build up way, your dexterity it, stat. And, or, or just uh, your endurance. Once you can tank a couple of wrenches, bottles, it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jackie Chan movies have led me to believe that you can smash multiple bottles over people's heads, and that's fine. It's, it's a distraction more than anything else. If you can keep playing after the bottle hits you in the head, then you're doing really well. Cool. I'm not sure how we... How do we translate that into a game mechanic? <laughs> I think you'd have to go purely stats-based. Let's keep it simple. You know, as you level up your evasion or endurance stat, you can choose to either try and tank the, the incoming missiles or, or evade them. It's, you've just nice. got a random chance there. No, oh, see, I, I was actually more taking you're, like, to VR, where you actually had the um, you had the guitar controller from Guitar Hero Live, <laughs> and you're trying to play like Guitar Hero tracks and dodging bottles and shit in VR. Okay. <laughs> oh, bonus points if you can work the dodging into a little dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you that's it. If your performance stat is high enough, then no one even knows that you're dodging bottles. I think if I was at a bar and there were people just throwing a lot of stuff at a performer who had turned dodging the stuff into a dance while still being oh, able to play music, that would be amazing. Thing. Just like matrix- matrixing the shit out of those bottles up there. Yeah, but then you've got the hard point where, you know, do you stop throwing stuff and therefore stop getting the awesome dance, even though you're now liking what they're doing? <laughs> well, I, that, to me, that's the issue is that even if you become famous with this routine... You'd be at packed out arenas with lots of people throwing stuff at you, and people are going to get oh, yeah. creative. The more fam- you know? That's it. The more famous you get, the better you have to be because you're just going to be performing to bigger and bigger crowds, all throwing bottles at you. Well, there's our difficulty curve. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I feel like your fans would get creative too. You know, you'd have people with like makeshift homemade cannons and um... and throwing like prams on the stage and <laughs> and their babies. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta catch the bait. Like some catch of these things, them, yeah. you get bonus points for catching them rather than dodging them. So if the bottles, if the bottles full and you catch it and like crack it open and take a chug, then oh yeah, you, that that activates bonus points mode or something. Yeah, no, star power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Power. Musicians play better when drunk. That's just a fact. That's yeah. That's just a, a well-known fact. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, a, it's a universal law. Much like this podcast. <laughs> oh God, I, I was not aware. Oh. We, I need some power-ups around here somewhere, apparently. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think we've trailed off on that one. Yep. I, I think we've, we've destroyed that idea. That was, that was top-quality game prototype oh, right there. Absolutely. I like it. All right. Definitely. Okay, three, two, one. Click. Wrong. Fill. Device. <laughs> Fill the wrong device. Fill the wrong device. I, I, this could be fun. What are we filling it with? I, I immediately went to a petrol station. It's up to you oh. to... Uh, like You're a, uh, one of those people who used to fill up old cars at a petrol station. Um, yep. Yep. And it's up to you to try and 
destroy as many people's engines by filling it so, up with the wrong type of fuel. Sugar. So before everything was self-serve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, w- w- without people noticing. So that's half the trick. Right. It's right. like so a stealth it, game. So it's not just putting in the wrong, you know, the wrong petrol, the wrong fuel. You've got other things at your disposal, marbles, sand. <laughs> um, <laughs> liquor, just to go with the, the theme that's been through the last few games. The liquor's good because it, it burns for a little while. They get a little bit further away before their engine explodes. If you put the right stuff in. Oh, good. Okay, liquor and marbles, it turns out, is a great combination. If you can layer that properly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I, I, think, I think there's another idea in here somewhere. Fill wrong device. Yes. Wrong fill device. Wrong fill. De- so it's a device that fills things. Incorrectly. Incorrect. <laughs> so you, maybe you build, maybe you have to build the device. So it's almost like you're, uh, like an assembly line, you know, a, a factory, factory assembly line filling bottles. Cause let's go to bottles again. Uh, but you've sort of got a, you know, one of those, um, shit. What's that? Like big pharma where you're kind of building, uh, conveyor belts and things that mix stuff and split stuff. And you have to make sure that at the end of it, you're filling the right, the bottle with the right thing. Well, I mean, you could. Along. You could potentially be some kind of protester who's, you know, got some personal problem with alcohol and it's up to you to try and put these companies out of business by putting the wrong stuff in the wrong bottles. And you've got a supervisor who's, you know, you know, you obviously don't want to be fired because then you can't destroy the company from the inside anymore. Right. So it has to look right. Yeah. Maybe shift the blame off to other people, you know, just destroy things in other people's departments so that it's not traceable back to you. <laughs> okay. And is the way you're doing this th- through, like, modifying these machines? Yeah, I, I kind of imagine that the, these uh, machines have um, giant levers, kind of like old train tracks, where you can just pull the lever and it totally ruins everything. That's how factories. <laughs> that, that's how they're designed, right? Yeah. And it just shifts the pipe across to you know, um, <laughs> from Jim Beam processing to Pepsi. Yeah, and you, you've got to <laughs> like find your co-workers back in the um, back in the nineties. Uh, don't mix up the uh, tequila and the hydrochloric acid. Whatever you do. What kind of factory is this? <laughs> An awesome. They're one. diversifying. They're just General Liquids Co. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. a liquid factory. In fact, you know what? That's the name of the We've game, General Liquids Co. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like to think you, you've got to try and um, you've got to try and match the colours of the liquids. Yeah, so if yeah. You're, that's if what you're replacing thinking, something yeah. in a Coke bottle, it's got to be brown and bubbly. Otherwise, people are just not going to be convinced. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and if it's lemonade, then you can put vodka in there, or yeah, exactly, tequila or anything clear. But it has to be fizzy, so you got to make sure that you carbonate the vodka. Oh, this could be interesting. Does vodka carbonate? <laughs> I don't think it does. I, I I just don't think people are trying hard enough. I think that's what the problem is here. Oh right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to soup up that soda stream. Well, that that could be one of the things you spend your upgrade points on. You know, right? Like a super carbonator. Tim Tim Taylor comes in and grunts a little, powers it up. <laughs> We love our celebrity cameos in the, in these games, you know. Although we don't want to be sued, so we'll have to call him uh, Jim Naylor. Wait, that sounds, is, is that a real person? <laughs> no, that's probably a name. <laughs> we, uh, you need to have a, a phone book. Right, Jim Jailer. He, he went. <laughs> Jim Jailer. Jim Jailer. Jim the Jewel Man Jailer. <laughs> <laughs> this is this actually oh, sounding like awesome. a mini boss in Diablo or something. So, Ben and Jack, I think it's about time to move into the Eye of the Storm. Let's go. So, you can check us out on Twitter. We're at LameStorming. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash LameStorming. You can email us, (laughs) podcast at LameStorming.com. Find us on iTunes and, you know, rate, review, subscribe to us there. Uh, Check out our website, LameStorming.com. 
We'd like to thank Kuradust for the opening and closing music to this podcast. We'd like to thank Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R, for providing us with our recording capabilities today. Yes. Check out our other podcast, which is nothing like this one, but we're on it. Two Sweary Dads. Uh, you can find that at twoswearydads.com. It's amazing that wasn't already trademarked. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, I, my experience is that most dads are sweary, isn't that? Just <laughs> something that happens to you? And we're two of them. Alright, so if you want any more information on me or or the games that I'm producing, um, you can go to our website, www.siegesloth.com, our actual game site, evergreenthegame.com, and we're also on Facebook, which is a great place just to get updates, more information. We even do blog posts, kind of giving you a little bit of a back end of the game development experience. So, yeah, just Siege Sloth Games in Facebook. If you see a cute little black and white picture of a sloth with a castle coming out of his head, then you're in the right place. So, we'll get back into into a little bit more click pitch now. Three, two, one, click. Temperature. Pizza. Carved. Okay, at least the three words all sort of, you know, share some common ground, I think. Okay, so temperature, carved, and pizza. I'm immediately going to some kind of... um, Super scientist who's just over-engineered the pizza chopping process. You've got some kind of, like, (laughs) orbital heat beam. So half the game is trying to accurately cut pizzas into equal slices from space. From space. (laughs) All right. Yep. Nice. How big are the pizzas? Just normal-sized pizzas or are these Yeah, these are normal-sized pizzas. Okay. Maybe are you delivering... Maybe you're delivering them from space as (laughs) well. Maybe, yeah. So, like, you have to aim them, fire them down, and as they're going down, you're like... You gotta just, cut yeah, them. This heat beam laser that's coming out. I'm, I'm thinking it'd definitely be fun if it's it, half the point is that the heat beam just keeps going. So you've got to make sure that you're not over any major cities when you try and yeah. cut these pizzas. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Because yeah, you're, you're trying to deliver pizzas. Minimize your collateral collateral damage. <laughs> well, that would be a fun little score that's kind of ticking up in the corner. You know, three pizzas yeah. delivered, forty billion dollars in damages, <laughs> and uh, one hundred and sixty-seven people dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and cost for the whole operation, including launching the um, satellite into space and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Well, they're very expensive pizzas. <laughs> well, delivery in Australia is already pretty ridiculous. I think I think we can justify this. So I th- I think also that you know as as clever as this mad scientist is he didn't actually think to to kind of bring up anything to make the pizzas on his satellite so all he can fire out is the raw pizza base and you have to shoot all the ingredients at it as well uh, on the way down Ooh. okay and, and it's and it's the going through the atmosphere that cooks it oh wow <laughs> yeah so maybe it's yes. the, the shooting them on at, at different times you know you, you want the cheese layer on kind of last so it doesn't burn yeah, absolutely. But something yeah, like so the raw meat, you might want to get that on first. Still. And if you get, if you accidentally, you know, hit like a mini asteroid or something, you get rotation, <laughs> rotation <laughs> oh, of the Jesus. pizza, and you got a time when you want to fire it at it. <laughs> We're so talking about hard So you don't here. fire pepperoni onto the backside of the pizza. Yeah, you definitely get okay. a, you definitely get a, get less of a tip for that. I thought this was supposed <laughs> to be a comedy podcast. This game idea seems totally legitimate. I mean, I know it's it's ridiculous how often that happens. <laughs> God, okay, we need to step up a game a little bit here. You know, come up with some really ridiculous scenarios. All right, so this is ridiculous. Where do the aliens? That's actually what's making it fun. Where do the aliens come in? Well, obviously, they're just after a free meal, so they'll try and snag your pizza as soon Uh, as it's done. So you've got to make sure that it's being cooked as soon as it's about to land. 
So they've got right, no time so to swoop in there and the save timing. it. Yeah. It is. That's... Or if they get too close, you can just fire the heat beam at them. <laughs> Blast them out of the Chop that little arm off. <laughs> it's you make arm. a good pizza <laughs> topping. Oh, that's it. You get bonus points if you get alien debris <laughs> on the pizza. Well, okay, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a... a... Mammoth that a private um, company found in Siberia, and it was actually well enough, pre- well preserved enough that they dethought it, cooked it up, and sold mammoth steaks to the highest bidders. And oh, people God. paid a ridiculous amount for it. Can you imagine what people would pay for the very first alien-topped pizza? Absolutely, that's <laughs> how you fund this satellite. Yeah, this is how you bankroll the entire thing. Totally. So, because you are the mad scientist, should there also be like a, oh my god, we found a bug in the program, so if you do a certain combination of things, something doesn't work, so you've got to do almost like a logic puzzle to to work out how to fix that bug and send a, a new satellite into space. And If I'm developing it, you probably won't even need to plan for that, it'll just be the bugs in the actual game. <laughs> I, I think I like the idea that there's some kind of evil AI, because let's face it, all AIs are eventually evil, evil. Oh, that you've got to kind of work with. An operation of this complexity needs an AI. And AIs are, by definition, evil. So maybe there's a certain amount of mayhem and destruction you have to cause. I, this could be a fun balancing act. You know, you've got to cause enough devastation to appease the evil AI, but not too much so that the world government, like, it's worth them trying to stop you. It's like, ah, uh, million they dollars here, million dollars there. It's more expensive to sort this out than just to fix it. Yeah, they, they start they start putting up uh, pizza defense posts and firing missiles at your pizzas on the way down. <laughs> Shut down your business. So, do we have a name for the game? Oh, God. Uh... Names are names are not my forte. I think something really innocuous. Like, have you, have you guys seen that um, Squanch Tendo accounting game? <laughs> no, but I want to play it. I, I would no, like to just call it Pizza Delivery Pro or something like that. Just really set completely wrong expectations. People download this for free off the App Store and start playing, <laughs> and their minds are just blown. Maybe the first level. Maybe maybe you're not you're not actually playing the Mad Scientist. You're literally playing a pizza delivery boy who was abducted. And so the first level, you really are just delivering pizzas and you just sort of have to drive around the streets and deliver a couple of pizzas. And then there's a bright light and you, next you find yourself on a satellite and all of a sudden you're having to deliver pizzas from... Okay, I like this. Orbit. Maybe maybe your your grand, great uncle was a mad scientist and he died and left you an orbital satellite platform in his will. <laughs> and you realize, oh man, this is going to make the delivery route so much easier. Definitely. And you just... Get that that quick upgrade, you know, from rags to riches. Yeah, as as long as, uh, as it, well, I guess so you, you have to make sure you're in geosynchronous orbit above the uh, the <laughs> continent you actually wanted to target. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but this is nice. Wanna, I like. You don't the, want to market to the uh, uh, to Australia and then be stuck over the United States, you know. Well, yeah, I, I guess so. I, I really like the idea of this, though. You know, he he just wants to make sure that the money isn't going to change him. He's committed to delivering pizzas, and no matter how fancy the setup gets, that's what it's all about, man. <laughs> I think that might be the best game we've ever come up with on the show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. pretty close. <laughs> and the thing is, it wasn't even our idea. God damn it! <laughs> well, who's the professional game developer here? Come on, that's that's true. Yeah, that's true. got the chops. I, I've got to say, if if someone does end up making this game, please contact me, please. Oh, the- even just so I can play it, man. Like, give me a free copy at least. I, I, I would settle for even watching a trailer for this. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, but I'd kind of like to see your art in it as well. So, yeah, please contact Jack. And- yeah, contact. <laughs> I will do the art for this game. I'm not even going to lie. That, someone that- out there, fire up Unity. Make it happen. Prototype it up. Come on, Jack's wacky coders. 
We we need you. <laughs> yeah, because it's awesome. Okay, and we'll do an, one more we'll before one more? our All right. secret, our secret <laughs> segment. Okay, three, two, one. Neutral. Um. Nestle. <laughs> Oh, God. Neutral nestle ne- arm. <laughs> <laughs> you sh- wait, wait. Are you sure it's not Nestle, like the uh, the conglomerate? Oh, no. It, it doesn't have the little wavy above the ear. <laughs> I'm not sure that is actually any better for coming up with a game idea. The neutral Nestle arm. <laughs> it's the arm of the business who isn't evil and trying to, like, steal water from drought areas or whatever. Yeah, with that. They're chaotic neutral as opposed to chaotic evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, you, or you're trying to neutralize armaments. <laughs> and then That are nestled in... <laughs> that are nestled in... Nazi arms. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. This is... So, basically, it's the first Call of Duty game. Or maybe you've got to neutralise the armaments by, you know, nestling up to the Nazis and, and not actually killing them all. Okay, so the, going for the, the real hippie peace and love wins. If you neutralise the armaments by giving them Nesquik. Because <laughs> they're just... No one can resist that stuff. It's powdery, <laughs> chocolatey goodness. They're obviously evil because they've never encountered delicious chocolatey beverages. That's it. You have to turn them. You have to turn them around. Look, yeah, I think there's there's a, little there's a certain amount of of missed beautiful childhood experiences that turns you into a Nazi. You know, there's a certain threshold once you hit like critical mass on those. Like you didn't get a hug from your dad. You know, no one ever turned up to your baseball game. You didn't get chocolatey beverages. And one more thing, and it's just over the line, definitely now a Nazi. And now you're book burning and saying Heil Hitler and all that sort of stuff. The the uniform just materialises. Cool. Did you just say Trump there, Ben? I said and voting for Trump. (laughs) Ooh, political. (laughs) He does that. We usually (laughs) save that for our other podcasts, but... (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, I just came back, like as I mentioned, from Orlando, and that was one thing I was told not to mention at all. Just don't mention the uh, election to anyone. Because yeah. you have no idea. I mean, we, we were showing off a game that is based around evolution, and that was enough of a like <laughs> red card. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you go to the wrong place, and that'll get you lynched or something. <laughs> these days. People were pretty good about it. Like Even the people who were kind of like, oh, yeah, evolution, right. You... you th- I think they were okay with the idea, as long as, you know, both sides are being taught equally, which is ridiculous, but, you know, they weren't being outright aggressive about it, so I can appreciate that. So, is that the DLC? You know, the um, you've got Jesus underneath the, underneath the tree, you know? Well, you, you do a lot less, is that you grow a tree, and by the time you've grown a tree, God's just done everything for you, and then <laughs> and if people and are around. Don't you dare grow that tree into a cross. <laughs> You see, the cross is fine. It's the upside-down cross that's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's just kind of wrong. Um, I I think that was a little bit weak to end our click pitch on, so I think we need to do at least one more. All right. One more. Three, two, one. Impress. Enthralling. Trunk. Like a tree. Impressed, enthralling trunk. (laughs) So it's evergreen. (laughs) You've made it already. Yeah, that's done. Um... (laughs) Well, you know what? That that is the perfect place to actually end. That's true. <laughs> Let's introduce um, our next segment. We were actually thinking, what would have happened if you came up with the name Evergreen first? What are the failed game pitches around other games called Evergreen? I, I think there's there's definitely a fun one there where you're playing as a tree that's trying to hold on to its leaves. 
and maybe winter's just a really hard thing, and it's just everything in the game oh, is see, trying to I was make you take lose it in your leaves. Totally different direction. Oh, okay. Like, um, I'm I'm stuck on trees, man. I'm sorry. It, it's a car game. <laughs> okay. So it's a car game, and you drive around the city, and every light that you come upon is green. It's evergreen. <laughs> Where, where's the challenge, though? Where's the but challenge no, no. In that? The challenge is that everybody else has green lights as well. <laughs> okay, that's true. So it's just a free for all. So everyone's driving the way that you drive in Grand Theft Auto, and you've got to actually get places. <laughs> so you're and actually, yeah, you actually, you actually, okay, there you go. Did, did you guys ever play that, that browser game? What was it Happy Wheels? Where you, you can play like a, a cyclist who's got a, a small child perched on the back and you've got to get oh, through God. these horrible obstacle courses without either of you getting mangled? No, no but it but sounds that good. Sounds like I'm a game I really want to play. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's horrific. Um, picture the, those motorbike games where you kind of control the, the forward momentum and the angle of the bike and you've got to make it through obstacle courses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, except you can lose limbs and there's gore and the plenty. It's got built-in level editors, and there are babies. Nice. That actually might be a good sweary dad thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'd play it. Yeah, it could be. So my idea for Evergreen was going in quite a different direction, actually. You know, I feel like there's not enough... You know, you've got biopics, you know, movies that follow the a real person's life. and I feel like there need to be more bio games, and I think the, the obvious uh, subject for a game called Evergreen is Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not easy being green, and he can't not be green. He is he's green, green for evergreen. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you know, you start as a young frog in the swamp, and uh, I don't know. It's a platformer. I haven't. Got well, you, you saw the first Muppet movie, right? He's got a pretty good. He's got a pretty good villain there. The guy was trying to chase him down and eat his legs. Right. That's it. Because there's nothing so you, scarier you've got your than antagonist. a antagonist. Yeah, a Kentucky gentleman who wants to eat your legs. That's horrifying. <laughs> I'm not sure what the game mechanics are. I'll leave that up to you guys. Come on, come on. I, I would like to see a, a revival of like classic '90s platformers. You know, where just any any property, any franchise any could be turned yeah. into a dodgy platformer. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, and I mean, he can jump. He's a frog. It makes sense. Yeah, it's just got jumping powers. It could basically yeah. be Battletoads, but with Muppets. Oh, that sounds oh, fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> with, uh, okay, with, so who's going to make yeah. this game? <laughs> do you want to do art for this one as well? <laughs> hey, sure. I, we I to get love getting first. sued by... But does Disney own the Muppets now? Yeah, they oh, do. Probably. Yeah. They own fucking... I, I feel like if you're going to get sued, you may as well get sued by the best in the business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't um, have to call him Kermit. You can maybe call him... Schmermit? Hermit. Schmerm- Hermit the dog. Hermit the dog. The green dog. Yeah. He's, uh... I literally... I've obviously had too much to drink for it because I literally, for a second there, was trying to come up with a breed of dog that is green. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, God. Ironically, they're actually called Kermits. I'm making this up. No, that's that's not a... that's, That's a rock fact. (laughs) <laughs> well, the only other biopic I had was, uh, you know, would do a game of Eva Green. Eva Green? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure where you'd go with that. I think that could be like a fun memorization game in there where you've got to learn the lines. And obviously the roles you get as a young actress are probably pretty terrible. And then as you go through, you get more and more respect and the lines get more complex and versatile. And you've got to... You know, while you're memorizing what lines go where, you've also got to add to the right emotion. So you've got to... Be really on this board is why we have a professional game designer on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I just came up with the pun. Well, good. <laughs> like, this is, we, we do spend a lot of time in pubs doing this. Oh, that's 
awesome. Yeah, I, I've just... normally got much, much cleverer dudes backing me up, though, so that that normally helps. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking along those lines of, um, you know, she's getting the the bigger and bigger roles as she goes along. Does she have to actually choose at a certain stage whether to go topless in a role or not? Oh, God. It's sad, but I think that is legitimately a thing you have to decide, and it will affect the course of the career and and how people perceive you. Oh, God, who was I looking at the other day? Like, uh, have you seen those things that pop up on Reddit all the time where it's like, here's this celebrity you know as old actor as a hot young person? And you think, oh, "Oh, that's how you got famous. I I think it it may have been Judi Dench. (laughs) And you're looking at it like, whoa! Oh, totally. This, that, okay, it makes sense. All <laughs> movie stars are impractically started, attractive. Yeah. But, you know, it, I just wasn't expecting it, really. It ta- caught me by surprise. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Maggie... Maggie Smith? Yeah, Maggie Smith. She's another one that you see pop up like that. She's yeah. Like, and you think, wow, okay. Yeah. That, under all those wrinkles. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> So, did you have any other ideas there, Jack? On evergreen, um, maybe, maybe there are some like you. You are just obsessed. Like you're an OCD character who's just obsessed with the color green, and people don't appreciate everything in this small village that you live in being painted green. <laughs> so they're trying to stop you, but you will not be stopped. And you've got to come up with more and more elaborate ways of of painting this town green. Uh, while they come up with in. more and more elaborate ways to stop you. Totally. Stealth elements. Just they turn around and the whole house is green. Yeah, I, I think you could definitely bar- borrow some game elements from, like, De Blob or, um... God, what's the Squid Now Kid Now game? Oh, yeah, the, the Nintendo thing? Splatoon. Yeah, mixed with, like, Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing costumes. Totally. So you can get in there. They don't know you're a painter. You uh, for some reason, paint. the character in my head is looks a lot like the Grinch. Nice. Yes. <laughs> oh, with all that green, he, it makes sense that he, yeah, he just, just green himself. Yeah. Uh, evergreen. So, so is the final the final thing that he decides to do very similar to like when Mister Burns tried to block out the sun? Like he just puts a massive green filter over <laughs> over where the sun would actually oh, be. Oh man, <laughs> that's brilliant! No matter what they do, they can't solve this problem. This is <laughs> that, that really is no, the they have to like shine huge that. like what's the the opposite wavelength of green to like oh it yeah, set up massive mirrors on either side of the lens to kind of shine other colors of light into the yeah. town <laughs> it's like the, this is a sequel the sequel is instead of having to paint everything green you're now in this totally green world and you have to somehow make everything like cancel out all the green back to its original color <laughs> 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 with a fancy array of mirrors and yeah i don't know jack you're the artist you know you must know how to turn make green look like a not not green i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you can add red and that makes awful brown everywhere there you go ever brown ever brown oh <laughs> that sounds unfortunate <laughs> really unfortunate <laughs> well um while we're on the subject, how about I tell you about the evergreen that, that never was? Absolutely. Ooh. Okay, Very so, much so. I, I don't know how, how familiar you guys are with game prototyping, but most games, especially kind of indie titles, when it's the first sort of thing you're working on, the, the game that you start with, the, the genius idea that you come up with, is never what you end up with, because your genius idea is garbage. Um, and you slowly learn this as you try to build it and get people to play it. So the the very first Evergreen was a um, resource management-based game where essentially um, there'd been a giant nuclear apocalypse and you're one of the first bits of plant life to spring back afterwards. 
So it was all about trying to, to manage um, growing into new areas and the amount of sunlight and nutrients and water you're actually getting. You know, with, with bars, it's a total micromanagement. I can grow this far, <laughs> but it uses up this much energy and it'll get me into this much light, which will get me this much energy, um, with the eventual goal of trying to bring back life to this wasteland. So you're starting off in a broken down old warehouse and you're trying to catch these shafts of light. See, and this is the thing about game, like that sounds like a lot of fun, but obviously you tried it out and it wasn't. <laughs> It was the resource management that destroyed it for people. Sounds a lot less relaxing. Yeah, we, we actually took the resource management entirely for a little bit because we thought, okay, we'll just focus on getting the tree growing feeling good, and then we'll add the resource management back in. And uh, one of our programmer's girlfriends spent about four hours just growing trees after wow. he'd kind of gotten a really basic version of just growing trees. And we didn't even have a physics system. There was nothing to stop her from just, you know... Creating like giant said, penises and exactly. her this name was, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, you know, giant her name made out of giant penises. Um, <laughs> and and she loved it. And that that was the first time that we had anyone actually really engage with this concept in any way. Um, so that's when we kind of focused more on the relaxing kind of tree-growing elements and the, the nuclear stuff was just not gelling with that at all. Um, so trying to find places you could grow a tree. Uh, I think the first idea we came up with was, yeah, just... You're trying to survive in a uh, prehistoric world where you've got dinosaurs that can eat you and like little mammals that can scurry up into your branches and you've got to try and grow them out of the reach of predators. Um, and I said, like, well, bugger, That's if we're doing, cool. we're doing Jurassic, why not do all the other time periods too? Um, and that's how we got horribly, horribly out of scope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some of the other time periods actually to see sort of the challenges there and how things change. So that's that'll be really interesting. Well, it's it's been a, a pretty fascinating project just just from the art side. Um, I, this is my first game out of um, studying, and I, I can't kind of was a character modeler primarily. I, I've had to take on animation, texturing, environment design, you know, all these weird roles that I'd never thought I'd try. But the best part about this game is, at the beginning of Life on Earth, there were a couple of really unimpressive looking plants. And any sea life was just basically a little wiggly worm. So it's, as it slowly grows legs, I'm slowly figuring out how, oh, that's how you animate legs. Awesome. <laughs> so when it's only got two little nubs that it uses to crawl up onto the beach, I don't have to be very good at animating to make that look all right. And then as these oh, things slowly you evolve... as you go. Exactly. I, I think it was one of the best projects I could have hoped for, for actually <laughs> developing skills, because I didn't need any at the beginning. That's great. You just level up as you go. As you, yeah. As your game levels up. Well, that, that's the fun <laughs> thing about, yeah, that, that um, game development as well. It's just non-stop problem solving. And it was basically a life leveler. So yeah. So you just le- leveled up your skills for, for your next game. and. Oh, God, if I got to start Evergreen again, it would be so different, I think, half the time, <laughs> if that. I think, every, I think every developer, game or otherwise, goes through that. No, it turns out that Past You is just awful at everything. Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> He should get his shit together. All right. Do you have a release date or anything like that? Oh, God, no. We, we've, we've done <laughs> release no. dates in the past, and that has not worked out well. I think the, the biggest mm-hmm. problem with uh, self-funded gaming is uh, we're kind of supporting ourselves either through part-time work or contract work. And mm-hmm. the fun thing about contract work is it always takes about three times longer than you initially think it will. <laughs> yes. So, you know, you, you get this one good contract and you think, oh, God, this will fill the coffers up and we'll be game developing for months. And it, it, it helps, you know, you get, get the game development happening, but God, you can't predict how long it's going to take. Believe me, I know. I've got, a, I've got a contract in my job that 
I uh, was was supposed to be done in six weeks before my twin girls were born, and they just turned sixteen months, and I'm still occasionally <laughs> getting emails God. to do work on that. So, well, uh, half the fun, especially, is we we tend to do um, contract work in sort of the educational sector. Um, yeah. So the people we're making games for do not know what they want. Yep. Yep. I'm sure that leads just, just to no concept a, of just what a perfect uh, a game is path. You know. Oh yeah, that. Oh, it's it's been interesting, and I think it it really improves your communication, your design skills, and just it gives you kind of a broader range of game ideas to be drawing from. You know, stuff that you'd never think to make yeah. ends up getting made, and that's brilliant. Cool. So, Jack, should we start development? Good God, no! I don't know a thing about programming. You you guys are on your own here. 